Gus Turns Jets podcast. Today I'm chatting with a very well-known person from the Jets fan base and of course from Twitter. Jets Twitter to be precise. Um, she describes herself in her Twitter bio as this, a New York Jets diehard, diehard and season ticket holder in brackets 2-2-A. She's a flag football player, she's a Jersey girl and an army officer. She's an obsessed auntie, dog lover, aging punk, I'm an aging punk, lifter of weights, can't do that anymore. And this, we've got this in, in uh, connection as well. She's a bourbon fan. Of course, we know her as Nick, or AKA Noodle T. Woo. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And one half of Nick Nick Tailgate, where they want to feed you. Tell everyone about your charity tailgate. How are you doing, Nick? I am doing super well. Thank you so much for having me. This is quite the honor. Uh, definitely the highlight of my weekend. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so, so last night you were at the game? I was not, no. Uh, I was at the game the week before. If it was a Jets home game and I had the tickets already, I might have thought about going up, but truth be told, I had a very busy summer and it's gonna be a very busy fall driving up every weekend to go to the, the home game. So I, uh, I enjoyed a calm evening to myself at home. I know for a fact that you were really busy yesterday um, doing prep work for tailgates and what have you, which looked amazing. Well, I'm assuming that that was your kitchen. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my God. It's just like the stuff that you were cooking was just looked amazing. The colours were amazing as well. So, God, they still haven't invented um, scratch screens for um, phones. Which I would have they really got to get on that. Yeah. <laughs> so last night, um, we won. This is a very tenuous link I'm going to come up with here. But last night, um, we won the Snoopy Bowl, as it's the called. The Snoopy Bowl, yes. Yeah! 32-24. So this is the tenuous link. And of course, Snoopy was a dog. And of course, we are both dog lovers. And you have a dog called... Jackson. Jackson. I'm calling him Action Jackson. Action Jackson. <laughs> Action Jackson. And he is an absolute darling. I, I love pictures. I love dogs. You love dogs. We're dog lovers. Um, people that aren't dog lovers, I think there's something wrong with you, but there you go. <laughs> I don't know if you don't like dogs, I'm going to be Yeah, honest. exactly, exactly. So you and um, the other Nick, Nick Esther, you're both doing something um, on the first tailgate, I believe, isn't it? A tailgate for charity. Do you want to tell us a bit about this charity? We'd love to. Um, so a little backstory on the tailgates I met last year tailgating she went to a couple of the games and we would link up beforehand and kind of put a nice spread and invited some people from jets twitter about it and uh it it was really successful so we decided and this year but we thought how could we make this more impactful and and 
you know, things that we care about. And the first beneficiary of one of our tailgates, um, a animal welfare and adoption agency in central New Jersey called Sammy's Hope. Um, they work closely with my, my sister, the company that my sister runs. Uh, my sister does dog training and rehabilitation and positive reinforcement dog training, all that kind of stuff. So um, they will work with Sammy's Hope through their their work in, in dog training and dog rehabilitation. And uh, believe it or not, one of the uh, one of the senior folks at uh, Sammy's Hope is a season ticket holding Jets fan. So we thought it was kind of a no. Nick and I are both dog people, and yeah, they're going to be the beneficiary of our first our first charity tailgate for the uh, the Jets home opener on September 11th. And that's going to be amazing. And what a worthy charity it is. Um, I sometimes think that um, we don't deserve dogs. Um, I, I so I, agree. I, it's just like I, I I live for my dogs. Basically, I go to work. I think about my dogs. I think about other things too, but I think about my dogs a lot. Um, <laughs> yes. So when, when you're doing your tailgate, can you let everybody know where your tailgate is? What section are you in? Absolutely. We are in, in J3, which is, we're pretty much, we always post up right next to the light pole that has the J3 sign on it. And we're very close to the our good Gotham City crew. So if you know where their tailgate is, uh, the, the far edge of the J3 lot, we'll be right near there, basically one or two rows away from them. I'll tell you something, people. If you can't find it, there's something wrong with you because Gotham City crew, they're very visible. You can't miss <laughs> yes. them. And if you've got a problem with yeah, if you've got a problem with your eyesight, y- your nose will tell you where Nick and Nick are. Smells <laughs> coming off that tailgate. Let me tell you, they're going to be something else. Yeah, it should be. Should be good. So, let's talk some football here. So we won um, last night. I was just looking at your tweets earlier on, and you were coming out with all kinds of stuff. Is there anything that um, you saw last night that really impressed you and things that didn't impress you last night? And obviously, Aaron Rodgers, I think no Jets fan was watching him walk on to that field, not feeling a sense of, I can't believe this is happening. And I have to say, hand on heart, um, when I woke up this morning, I I watched it um, as live this morning and I didn't know the score or anything and I was just praying please God let this guy walk off healthy after his series and he did and he came in he did a drive two drives and and he scored a touchdown so I was absolutely thrilled with that Um, were there any other players obviously tell me about your Rogers experience what did you think of Rogers Um, I'll be honest this has felt unreal like I know Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback because I've watched all the coverage Aaron Rodgers being my quarterback, but it didn't really fully sink in until I saw him Jets uniform under center uh-huh. out of that tunnel, rallying the troops. And like I just sat on my couch, beer in my hand, my <laughs> mouth is slightly agape, just being like, I can't believe this is real life. Um I thought he looked great. Um the fact that he was able to kind of expertly beat the blitzes that Wink Martindale or sending. I thought was really good, especially considering I know it's and they're not going to try and send anything super sexy out there for the offense. But I mean, that pass to Garrett Wilson for the touchdown was just an absolute yeah. thing of beauty. And we've seen him do that to other people so many times to watch him do it for us. And it's just, it's going to be an incredible year. I have been worshiping this team since as old as I can remember. The first time I went to a game, I was eight years old. 
and I have never ever been anywhere remotely as close for a Jets season as I am going into this one. Yeah, same. I've been a a Jets fan since the 80s myself and there's been ups and downs and downs and downs and downs and ups and downs and downs and downs. A lot more downs than ups, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. If this was a roller coaster, I think I'd be somewhere just just, uh, north of hell by now, I think. That's (laughs) it. Yeah. So I I think um, anyone that knows anything about the Jets is sort of a super appreciative of where we are now but um, I'm loving the Hard Knock series and I have to say and Seth Brad- I've followed Seth Bradley on um, Twitter and he's a great guy but I'm sorry but um, Hard Knocks is really putting um, Jets Drive into its place it's a lot as I suppose you, as I suppose you would expect it's a lot more gritty than uh, Jets Drive. I think it just gives you that little bit more depth than one Jets Drive doesn't get. So have you been catching the Hard Knocks series? I have. I've been watching both one Jets Drive and Hard Knocks. And for what one Jets Drive does, considering they are an in-house production arm for a professional football team as opposed to one of the biggest studios in the country, if not the world, I think they hold their own pretty good. Um... I think the way they kind of tackle the narratives is a little bit more, I think you get a little bit more personality from people that you would not see getting as much airtime on Hard Knocks, which I really like. Um, They kind of take a little bit of a different approach to what their content is going to be. But Hard Knocks has been absolutely awesome. Hasn't it? Um, Has anyone other than Aaron Rodgers because um, everyone was like, who's going to be the star of the show? Who's going to be the star of the show? And it is undoubtedly Aaron Rodgers. It is become, as my, my partner says, it's become the Aaron Rodgers show. So it's, why don't they just it has. Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> it's just like, it it absolutely has. But I do think, uh, I think for the, you know, the ones they let be supporting cast, I've really enjoyed getting to know Quinn and Williams more as both a player and a person through Hard Knocks. It's been really awesome watching him develop into the leader that we all hoped he'd be when we took him with the the fifth pick or third pick five years ago, four years ago. Um, And for other storylines that I've really enjoyed, Tanzel Smart has absolutely captured my heart. I really hope that dude makes the team. Yeah. Uh, Getting to watch his little, his his moments that made it into there uh, has been been really special. And I know he's bounced around the, the league a little bit. He's been on our practice squad. He's come up for a couple of games. He's really flashed and I hope that if we don't keep him on the, uh, the, the the 10 D line that we keep on the 53, that we can sneak him through to the practice squad because I really like his play. I like him as a person and that would be a, a nice little feel good story for me. I loved, um, I, I totally agree. And I, I've been looking at um, some of the talking heads, their, their final 53 and um, most of them have smart actually making it. Which, oh, good. Yeah. I would so- really love to see that happen. Yeah, I was, and the, the bit that I absolutely loved in uh, episode three of Hard Knocks was, I loved that bit of the the, um, the the partners, the girlfriends, the wives, or whoever they are. I think, I think there were three wives. They were sitting there with their their children, watching the game. Yes, like, absolutely loved that because you don't really get to see stuff like that. It was no, just, it was very cool. I appreciated them spending some time focusing yeah. on them. And it's, it is. Um, I think sometimes, you know, you get this razzmatazz and there's a lot of testosterone going on and a lot of popping and all the rest of it. And I think we forget 
that these are people as well and they have got families and they've got children and all the rest of it you know we see them as this great big action superheroes and they're human beings and there is a human side to this and i've enjoyed seeing that side of it in uh, uh, hard knocks so, absolutely but, so is there anyone else that you're hoping that makes the 53 yes i I would love it if both Brownlee and Gibson made the 53. I think Gibson's got the better chance of it right now just because he produces on special teams at a pretty high level. And Nicole Hardman, who I love and I actually think is going to have a pretty big year for the Jets. I thought he was criminally underused in Kansas City. He does have a bit of an injury history. So I do think having Gibson on the 53 as your backup kick returner uh, would be smart. I think he made a lot of plays last night. He... I thought he played awesome last night. So I definitely would love to see Gibson make the 53. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Chaz Surratt make the 53. I know he and Barnes have been playing uh, for that essentially fourth linebacker role all preseason. And Surratt kind of uh, hurt his chances a little bit because he hurt his hamstring in the Hall of Fame game. And I think last night was the first time we saw him in game action yeah. since then. And he looked good. He looked good. It's just there have been way more opportunities for Barnes. And Barnes has looked great. Barnes has looked every every bit worthy of the draft pick. Um, I hope either of those those guys end up on the, uh, the 53. I don't think you can really go wrong with either having them be your... Uh... It's, um, it's, it's, it's always difficult. And I think a lot of people... Um, when these players don't make the 53 and they go on to the practice team, practice squad, whatever you want to call it, a, a lot of people are like, oh my God, we can't put him on there because he'll get picked up. But a lot of people that seem, that seem to forget that if a team does pick them up, they've got to pick them up and start them. So that's always an, an issue. And one person that no one seems to be talking about at the moment is uh, Zach Kuntz. Um, he was quite quiet last night and I don't think he's going to make the 53 and we'll go on to the practice team. Have you any thoughts on uh, Zach Kuntz? So we had a little break in our uh, transmission, as they say, just there. Uh, I'll ask the, the question again because you could hear me, I couldn't hear you. Um, so, Zach Kuntz, what do you think? Do you think he will get picked up off the practice squad if he doesn't make 53? I think just given his raw athletic ability and how he graded out at the Combine, I do think there's a very real chance that somebody claims him and just kind of uses it as like a dart, dart throw at the wall. I'm, I'm not sure how high the odds are. I'm hoping we can just get him through to the practice squad because he definitely needs some more time to develop as a tight end. Uh, yep. It's hard to transition to NFL tight end from people coming from top five schools. I mean, look at look at Ruckert. Ruckert's finally starting to put it together, but it took a full a full year for him to get there. And, and Koontz didn't play uh, competition nearly as high as Jeremy Ruckert did. So I would love to see him make it through to the practice squad and we can continue developing him. But just based on his raw athletic ability alone, uh, there's definitely a chance that somebody who's really thin at tight end uh, claims him and we, and we lose. But it's a yeah. deep tight end room, which is a good problem to have. It is. And we've got <laughs> we've got depth all over the team. Uh, I, 
like most people, and I, I don't know whether I'm just being um, too precious about this, but I wouldn't have minded some more depth along the O-line. I do think that the drop-off from the starters to the rest of the team is a little bit steep. But I think there's, I think there are probably 31 or close to 31 other teams that uh, feel the same way. But um, I'm quite impressed with what Joe Douglas has done um, over the few years that he's been in charge. And I know that when he first came over, he had one year he was basically lamed up because of uh, Gase being on. But I think overall, um, Joe Douglas has done a really good job. And I know that his mantra is to build through the trenches. And I think he gets unjustifiably uh, a lot of criticism for saying that he hasn't done enough with the offensive line. But if you cast your mind back to last season in particular, and the year before that, if, if you want to go back a bit further, we've been super, super unlucky um, with uh, injuries. And it's not just the O-line, it's been throughout the, the team. But um, look, you only got to look to see what's happened with the defensive lines. And that was down to Joe Douglas. So he's built that. And if we can get that kind of depth in the offensive line in the next year, I think um, next season's draft is going to be an interesting one because obviously we'll hopefully still have Aaron Rodgers. So we're looking at more more like depth pieces rather than impact players. How what do you, What's your feelings on Joe Douglas? What kind of job do you think that he's done so far. I'm a huge Joe Douglas fan. Uh, I see a lot of people. There's plenty of people who also feel like me and really like what Joe Joe Douglas has done. But I see a lot of people just kind of crapping on him for the first couple of years he was here. And I think it's it's pretty unfair. Uh, I think players develop at different rates. Some develop faster than others. And you don't know how fast the guy's going to develop. You only know the traits that he's displayed on tape and how you talk to him in interviews. You can't predict how quickly they're going to take to becoming an NFL talent. I think Geno Smith, Sam Darnold, two good instances of Jets players that were drafted that just needed a little bit more time to develop. And being in the New York media market, you don't get that time, unfortunately, which is to our detriment as a team, right? But I think Joe Douglas has done a tremendous job. You've got to look at the defensive line and what he's built there. Uh, I mean, when he took over this team, we were a bottom five roster in the NFL. Bottom five. And it probably wasn't particularly close. And we had the highest amount of players get claimed after we cut them last year. We had seven players, which led the NFL, being picked up and claimed on other teams. We have depth on this team for the first time, and I can't tell you how long. We signed Dalvin Cook as a luxury like, if you had told me that we'd be here in four years once Joe Douglas came on board and all I had to do was just be patient, I would have been like, you're crazy. You are yeah. you are crazy. Uh-huh. Um, I think he's done a tremendous job. And what excites me about next year is that it's a tremendously deep draft for offensive line, specifically tackles. So I'm really hoping that we can get that, that we can finally start addressing that depth on the, on the offensive line the way we would like to and have that sort of depth match what we have for the defensive line because then I think like you said he likes to build teams through the trenches and I think we'd be pretty set there but it's also if you look at across the NFL it is the dirt the drop off between starting caliber offensive line play and and not is massive and we are not the only team that has that problem there's just a lack of super quality offensive linemen in the NFL right now yeah because 
of I probably a lot of just how freakishly athletic some of these pass rushers are becoming, but it's 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 whatever the reason is, it's not just a uniquely New York Jets problem. Yeah, absolutely. You raise a really interesting point. Um, the depth in the uh, draft next year is incredibly high with uh, tackles. Uh, we've got Dwayne Brown back this year, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, you can't play anything else other than left tackle, which is why we've got uh, Mount Beckton is back. <laughs> yes. God Our boy is oh, back. Yeah. It's his time, finally. Oh, my God. I love, I love, love Beckton. And I love his mum as well. I follow his mum, Simone Beckton, on Twitter, everybody. She's a really great person. Please, please follow her. I got a chance to meet yeah. her for the first time at the game last Saturday. Not this, not yesterday, but the day, the week before. Oh, and sure. she's absolutely wonderful. Fantastic mom. She actually lives about an hour and a half away from me down here in Virginia. Uh, she's wonderful. Please go follow her and, and be nice to her on Twitter. If I see you being mean to her on Twitter, I will make sure that Nick and I do not feed you ever. <laughs> That's a threat. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say, I just want to say, honestly, I, I love Simone Beckton. I would love to uh, get her onto this podcast some point and just hear her talk about her sons because I could listen to that all day. Um, but getting back to the tackle situation, so we've got Dwayne Brown that's come back. We've got uh, Beckton that's now playing right tackle. Next year, I would envisage that uh, Beckton might switch back to left tackle, but because because. I am a left tackle, although he seems to have dropped that mantra uh, for the bit, which I'm glad about because it, it was like kind of a little bit sour, but I understand why he did it and why he said it. But here's the thing. I think that if Dwayne Brown doesn't return next year, which I think is probably going to be the case, Mekki Beckton might go back to left tackle, but I have a gut feeling that where he is on right tackle and he'd be working with Vera Tucker, I think they're going to form a team and there's in my mind there's a bit of me which thinks he's going to really love playing next to Vera Tucker Vera Tucker's going to really love playing next to Beckton and they're going to be like this dynamic duo on the right side and they're not and he's not going to want to switch back to left tackle do you think that that could be a possibility? The only reason I don't think it could be a possibility is that when it comes time for free agency left tackles get paid more than right tackles so I do think he'll end up going back to left tackle if the position opens up and, you know, the team supports it. If for whatever reason their chemistry is really good and the team wants to leave him at right tackle and he agrees to that, I do think he and Vera Tucker will make a, a really formidable wall on the right side of that line for years to come. But I would not be at all surprised if he tries to go back and become a left tackle just because he will get paid more when it comes time to do a contract extension. I think um, having a, a child and becoming a father, because now everybody, if you've got a Beckton jersey, you need SR on the back. Yes. Because he's Beckton Senior now. Yes. <laughs> yes, I got to meet. I got to meet Mackay Junior at the game when I met when I met Simone, which was really cool. Um, he's very cute. Looks looks quite a lot like his dad. Just oh you know, obviously a hundredth of the size. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. And I think there's, an, is it Michael Beckton as well? There's another one coming through. Yes, the, the, the middle the middle son, I believe his name is Michael. He's playing his high school football down in, in uh, outside of Richmond right now. But yeah, they've got, she's got three boys. I'm not sure how old the, the youngest one is, but the middle one is also playing ball right now. I think he's a linebacker, I think. Paterno. Yeah. 
you mentioned that Devonte. Uh, oh, oh God, I've, I've lost, I've lost me, uh, me, me thought there. Oh, <laughs> the running back that we were just signed. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Yes. That's where I was going with that. Devontae Adams, I was going to say. Dalvin <laughs> Cook. We've just signed... Oh, where am I going? We've just signed um, Dalvin Cook. Um, I was absolutely on board with signing Dalvin Cook. Mainly because... And I'm still out on this. Our running back room. We know what we've got in Brees. And we know what Dalvin Cook can do. And even if we don't get 100% of Dalvin Cook last year, if we get 90% of Dalvin Cook, which we should do, that's still one hell of a football player. The only thing I'm a little bit like, I don't know, which is why I wanted Dalvin Cook so much, was we don't know what Michael Carter's, which Michael Carter we're going to get. Are we going to get rookie Michael Carter or are we going to get last year's Michael Carter? And the same goes for Van Knight. Although it's starting to look very much like Van Knight isn't going to make the 53. And we've got Izzy Abanikanda, who's a rookie. He's not going to get cut. I hope he doesn't go on the practice uh, team because I think he will get picked up. But it's, it's looking very much like Van Knight is going to be the odd man out. Um, he got a lot of uh, work in the Tampa game. Uh, he was a starter in the Tampa game. And I don't think he did enough. He fumbled and dropped a ball, I seem to remember. But... Um, where do you stand on the running backs in the running back room which which Michael Carter do you think we're going to get based on what I've seen from him in the preseason I do think we're going to get something that looks a lot more like rookie year Michael Carter which I'm very excited about Uh, he looked a lot more explosive he was hitting the hole a lot harder he was a lot more decisive this preseason Um, I'm excited to have him be the RB3 you know, I'm okay with that. Um, I don't know how long Dalvin Cook's going to be with us. I know we only signed a one-year deal. So if he gets to step up and become RB2 again next season, I think that's terrific. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, it's to no disrespect to Michael Carter because I love him. I think he is a fantastic leader on this team. It's very clear that he has uh, not just the respect, but the appreciation of a lot of his teammates. So I, I do think he's an important fixture in the locker room, if not so much always on the field. But at the end of the day, we're always going to be discussing who who's going to be RB2 because Brees Hall is going to be RB1 as long as he's with us. Uh, that being said, I think we're going to keep Izzy, and I think Bam is going to get cut. Uh, I like Bam. He prov- provided, you know, very serviceable in, in a few games last year, but the fumbles, um, not great. And, yeah, he just did not – he didn't even come close to outshining Michael Carter in this preseason, so I think that's really the only – the only option for him, I would love it if he sneaks through the practice squad. I don't think he will. Uh, with how often running backs get injured and the craziness going on with the RB market right now, I think there's no way that he makes it through to our practice squad. I'm, I feel pretty confident that somebody will claim him. But who knows? We could be surprised and he could end up there. But I think they're going to roll with, uh, obviously, Brees, Dalvin, Michael Carter, Izzy, and then Nick Bodden at fullback. So I just don't... Fortunately, there's there's no room for, for Bam left in our RB room this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, talking of Borden as well, Borden was a little bit of a surprise. For me, it came out of the left field that we were going to start using a fullback again. I'm a big fan of um, the running game, ground and pound. I loved all that. When we had Chris Ivory and all that. When Thomas Jones, bam! I oh, I love Thomas Jones. One of my favourite yeah. Jeff players. <laughs> 
I, I love all. I love all that. And when Rep said that, that's what he's going to do. We're going to ground and pound all game, baby, and we're going to come after you. God, love that. But um, we, we're we're not that kind of team now. The league's not that kind of team now. Uh, and so when it was announced that Nick Borden um, was, we were going to use a fullback, I was like, really? We're not. Surely we would use um, one of the tight ends there. They could because a uh, Rucker can play halfback. But no, we're going to use a fullback there. And I've been watching Nick Borden. And my God, the, the, the guy is a road grader. He makes <laughs> I, was, I was watching him and I was just like, right, okay, I get why you want to use Nick Borden now. And uh, I was watching the, the in the huddle and I was just watching. I thought, man, that guy is a load. He is a big dude. He is a really big dude. So it's going to be interesting to see how um, they use uh, Borden. And he, I think in the uh, game last night, he did open up quite a few holes for uh, Michael Carter as well. So I'm quite a fan of that. Yeah, I, if it works, I'm here for it. Yeah. I and it seems like it's working. I don't care what it is, as long as it works. I mean, the other thing <laughs> yes. I mean, Rogers is, is, you know, he's no spring chicken. So there, there will be times in the game where we are going to be reliant on the run game. Uh, keep the defence honest, as they say. So I'm really looking for. I can't wait for this season to start. Honestly, my head is going to explode. Oh, same. <laughs> Every season is the same for me. It's the week, the, the last pre-season game. And it's like, we don't need this. Let's just get to this. Oh, it's a week too long. It's always a week too long. <laughs> so that's um, where I'm, I'm right there with you. This, these next two weeks are going to be painful. Hellish, hellish. They've said that... Um, there was an agreement between the Jets and Hard Knocks where they said that they weren't going to show the Turk knocking on doors and giving people the heap-ho, which I'm personally glad about because uh, it's not something that I'd want to see. Um, you play ball, I've played ball, and the worst thing is getting told that you're not playing. Um, I can't imagine what it's like at that level when you've worked so hard all of your life because some of these guys won't get picked up and it will be the last time they ever play ball in, in the pros anyway but um, what are your feelings on that do you, do you think that the hard knocks should have gone with it oh absolutely not um, yeah. I get there's some people who want to watch that for the drama but no I'm not I'm not interested in watching that uh, I feel I feel bad for some of these dudes because I, like you said they work so hard their entire lives. Some of them have have young kids, and to know that like their livelihood is is being taken away or, or ending here, for at least the NFL is is not something I want to watch somebody go through. Um, what I am excited about now is that there's at least two feeder leagues that some of these dudes who couldn't quite make it in the NFL right now can try and get into in the USFL and the XFL. I actually I have season tickets to one of the XFL teams down here in Washington D.C. And it's nice to know that if you didn't quite make it this go around in the NFL, you can come down and join an XFL team or a USFL team and continue working and getting better and collecting a paycheck. And then, you know, next season, give it a shot at the NFL again. So there's, it's nice to know there's a little bit more of a safety net now than there was a couple of years ago. But yeah, no, I have no interest in watching dudes get pink slips on, on national television. That just feels cruel. Yeah, it does. I mean, I... I think as well. I mean, obviously, football's in your blood. Football's in my blood, and it's, I, when I was playing, due to injuries and things and, and family commitments, I retired three times. And it's just like, 
going to watch a game my local team and it's just like you go and watch a game and the next thing is they say you look fit you know you could throw some pads on <laughs> you know what yeah maybe next week I'll come to training and that's it you come back and it sucks you back in and it's just like even at the amateur level that I played in it's just like it's something you know these guys want to do it you know they're athletes they've, they've got God-given talent that they can do this kind of stuff and you're talking what is it something like one percent of um footballers in the us actually make it to the pros which is insane when you look about the amount of um, teams that there are and the amount of players that there are it's absolutely insane so to even reach that part where the, the turks knocking on your door saying you haven't made it it's still one hell of an achievement but what i like about um the way that the us go around business with these players is a lot of them have got degrees that they can fall back on. A lot of them mm-hmm. have got skills that they can fall back on, which is a little bit different to our football, soccer in the UK. A lot of our soccer guys, football guys in this country, if they're not playing soccer, that's it. They're stacking shelves at what would be Walmart. So I, I, I like that side of things, but it, from the actual point of view, from being up there on the verge of being a pro to suddenly packing your bags and clearing out your locker it must be one of the most sapping things to ever happen to a, to a person especially a sportsman but just I just personally I couldn't imagine it it's just honestly I, my heart goes out to these guys and I know that they get paid a lot of money the ones that make it and all that but I, I'm just in awe of them I'm in awe uh, I'm right there with you I totally but, agree off air we just talked about um, London games Yes. As you, as you know, I've said, oh, I'm not really a London games enthusiast. I think the game should be played over in the US. If you want the experience, the full experience, go to a game in the US because I think the game that we have over here is watered down. It, it has the feeling to me of a little bit of an exhibition game. You go to a game and there's 32 teams represented in, in the stands, which is just like, it, it waters it down. And I would say there's a massive proportion of people that go to the games that aren't really into football. They don't know what's going on. But that said, uh, the last game, um, the Jets came to town and they played the Atlanta Falcons. I did go to that game and I met a huge amount of Jets fans in London. And it was amazing. And if I'm honest, the best part of um, that weekend was actually meeting up with Jets fans, walking into a pub in London and it's just a sea of green. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Nick, when you come over, because you said that you're coming over, so there's no holding back now. There's no going back on this. <laughs> if the, if uh, we play in London again, you and Nick, the other Nick, hopefully is coming too. Going to meet up and uh, get in that pub and uh, get some beers down. So, do you think you'll be coming over next time there's a, a, a London game? Oh, absolutely. Um, my dad's never been to the UK. Uh, I've been a couple of times. Uh, it's well past time for me to go back. But absolutely, I love traveling. And yeah, there's there's no there's no question. Uh, we'll we'll be going the next time there's a there's a UK game. We'll make a we'll make a big trip out of it. Maybe like do a week week and a half. And uh, I look forward to celebrating. And that's been so important to me and my family for my entire life with a whole bunch of people on a different continent who have uh, an appreciation for 
something that I have easy access to. You know, I, I grew up going to games. I live 45 minutes from the stadium, or I used to live 45 minutes from the stadium. And then to, you know, be as far away as y'all are and be as passionate for the team without the ability to go and and see them live very frequently and to stay up at all hours of the night to watch yeah. the primetime games or, or wake up in the middle of the night. You know, it's, it's a level of dedication that I only had to do for one year of my life while I was deployed, but you guys do it all the time. And obviously there's, there's fandom and there's passion that runs really deeply in all y'all. And I think there would be nothing cooler uh, to go over there and, and take in a Jets game together and, and, you know, share the community that comes with being a Jets fan. Absolutely. And, and when you do come over, you will get looked after. I promise you that. <laughs> well, I, I, same goes to you if you come, if you come west and join us at a game, the same thing will, the same thing goes for you. And back at this tailgate, I have to ask, what is on the menu on game one or has the menu not been completely sorted out yet? Oh, the menu's been sorted out for months. I will happily tell you about it. Oh God, please do. <laughs> oh yeah. So, uh, Esther's making three different types of skewers, prosciutto and melon. The other oh, one is, is like a caprese. So tomato, basil and mozzarella. And the third one is like a tortellini salad, like a pasta salad with tortellini. So those will all be on skewers. And she is making two different kinds of chicken cutlet sandwiches. One with, um, I believe, like a garlicky spinach and provolone, and another one with uh, mozzarella cheese and maybe red peppers. That's a double check. Um, I think those are her two sandwiches. And then I'm making um, sausage and peppers and meatball parmesan. Oh my God, my mouth's watering. <laughs> yeah, so that marinara I was making yesterday is for the meatball, the meatball parmesan subs. So that looks amazing, honestly. It I came thought... out, it came out pretty darn good. I was very, very happy with it. Uh, I let it cool overnight in my fridge and dropped it into some jars in the freezer this morning, so it'll it'll keep nicely until uh until the Saturday or Sunday before we uh before the game, where I'll, I'll, I'll defrost it and, and uh, cook down some meatballs and, and get it ready to go for the tailgate. And you're gonna have to fight Gotham City crew off. <laughs> they have some pretty good food over there, but I know for a fact we have at least a couple people who are going to be at a Gotham City Cruise tailgate and coming over and, and making sure they can get some of our food as well, which we're happy to do. It's going to be so awesome. We've got the Buffalo Bills game one of the season. I can't wait for this to, uh, to happen. So, Nick, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, do you want to let people know where they can uh, get hold of you on Twitter or your social media? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm uh, I'm Noodle21 on Twitter with the two and the one spelled out. Uh, and then on Instagram, it's just my name, Nicole Battaglia, no spaces. Um, but yeah, please please hit me up on, on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, I love talking with Jets fans. I I have a severe illness when it comes to this team. I, I think about them and talk about them all the time. So always happy to talk Jets with, with new people. And uh, thank you for having me on your podcast and uh, giving me the, the, the time to, to chat with you. I deeply enjoyed it. Oh my God, it's been, honestly, the pleasure is all mine. Um, to say, I've followed you for a while now on Twitter. And I've always wanted to have a, a deep talk with you. And, you know, we've got halfway there anyway. It's been absolutely brilliant chatting with you, Nick. And good luck with the tailgate. And we will continue to be in touch on Twitter. And um, go Jets! Go Jets. Yep. We'll definitely, we'll definitely talk more, whether it's on Twitter or if I, I come back on here and chat with you again, which I'm happy to do. But thank you again for the time. And yeah, absolutely. Go Jets. People, go and follow Nick on Twitter. 
and uh, enjoy yourselves. Thanks very much, Nick, and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you. All gas, no brake.